um, uh, a core concept that uh, as a Christian we all need to understand and get. Um, you know, a lot of times we're faced with a difficult situation, whatever it is, health, money, <clears throat> family issues, whatever it is, and we, we find ourselves crying out to God, asking for help, and, uh, um, you know, sometimes we don't get the answer we want when we want it, and uh, in my own experience, I have often felt that there's something that that's on my end that's lacking, that is causing some kind of wall or blockage that's not allowing God to move. And that may not always be the case, but I have experienced where, where I needed to adjust my mindset. I needed to adjust my heart. And almost instantly when I did that, the, the gates of heaven were open and I got what I needed. Amen. And so I want to I wanna kind of talk about one of those things, I mean, you have faith, repentance, um, but I, what I want to talk about today is humility and the importance that it has in the, in the Christian walk. Um, so I'm in uh, Matthew 18, uh, verses 1 through 6. Um, At that time, the disciples came to Jesus and said, Who then is greatest in the kingdom of heaven? And he called the child to himself and set him before them and said, Truly I say to you, unless you are converted and become like children, you will not enter the kingdom of heaven. Whoever then humbles himself as this child, he is the greatest in the kingdom of heaven. And whoever receives one such child in my name receives me. But whoever causes one of these little ones who believe in me to stumble, it would be better for him to have a heavy millstone hung around his neck and to be drowned in the depth of the sea. I'm not uh, here to say that I've perfected humility, because uh, if you know me at all, you know I haven't. But I am here to say that um, humility is a very powerful tool, and uh, we can employ it. It is our choice, and God has given us that choice, and that's part of the freedom of being a Christian. Um, it's part of the power of being a Christian. Not, not all freedom and power is necessarily you know, going up to somebody and, and saying, be healed in Jesus' name, and they, they're healed. That, that's not the only type of power. Being able to walk with humility of heart is a powerful tool um, that the Holy Spirit allows us to have. So the, the disciples are great men that I look up to, that uh, I, I, uh, they're just great men. They, they left so much to follow God. And, um, you know, in the Bible, it says that Jesus just says, come follow me, and they go follow him. I don't know if there's actually more any dialogue other than that, but they, they say, follow me, and, he, and, and, he, and they do. Um, they gave up career. They gave up family, which is I find particularly difficult. They give up land for the sake of Christ. Um, they preached the gospel. Uh, they saw Jesus preach the gospel. They saw miracles going on before them constantly. And not only did they see miracles, but Jesus gave them authority 
to do miracles themselves. They were causing people to be healed. They saw Jesus casting out demons, giving deliverance to the people of Israel, and then they themselves were doing the same thing. And so they were, they were very great men. They even um, partook in the honorable rejection of men in their alliance with God. And so they may have thought that if any men are worthy of asking this question, who, who's going to be the greatest when we get there? Who's going to be the greatest? Who's going to be the most important? What, how can I know what my rank is? Maybe they thought that if anybody can ask it, maybe, maybe it can be us. And me and you, we are benefactors of their sacrifice. The fact that the gospel has reached uh, this nation, that we're sitting here believers in Christ, is in large part due to the sacrifices of these, these disciples. Many of which, I think, out of um, the 11 originals, I think all of except for one were, were killed because of their faith. And they dedicated their life after the death of Christ and resurrection to make sure this gospel went out as far as possible. And so we, we look up to them and we're standing on their shoulders and we owe a great deal to them. And so we may even come to the same assessment that if any man's worthy to ask this question, it should be them. Um, but they, they really ask a question that, that worthless men should ask. A question about who's most important. Jesus holding the spirit of humility, inventing, creating humility itself, keeps form in the face of this question, and he answers and replies with humility. Um, you don't see an angry Jesus or a disappointed Jesus, but you see a father who is taking this opportunity to teach his children, to teach them a lesson that can't be worn out or can't lose its uh, relevance. So he takes... He takes this child, sits him on his lap, and he teaches him, learn, learn humility. Pride, which is what he's combating, it always creates separation. It always creates a wall. Um, and so it must be a chief enemy of the gospel. Um, it, pride is what caused Lucifer and those who followed him to be cast out of heaven. Pride is what caused the Pharisees, and any man for that matter, to, to make it a mountainous task for them to hear the words of life. It's because of pride. And so pride stands it as a wall against the gospel, and it must be torn down if at all possible. When, um, we, when I took the youth to USF to preach the gospel, we used uh, this method that Ray Comfort, uh, a believer, had developed, and it was designed specifically to break down pride. And his whole philosophy was that you need to bring somebody to a place of humility before you can give them the gospel. If you give them the gospel and they're in a place of pride, um, it's, it's likely to fall on deaf ears. It's not always the case, but, but it's a good theory, I think. So... So Paul even asks about this question about separation that pride creates. He says, why are, in uh, Corinthians, why are, why are Christians thinking it's okay to sue other Christians and to fight other Christians openly in, in front of non-believers? He says, you're, you're, making, you're, you're making a bad testimony for us. Why not, why not be wronged and just move on? And you know, that's a, 
it's easy to say, difficult to do, um, but it's a source of, are you prideful or are you humble? You know, and I don't want to make, make it more simple than it is, but he, he's coming to the fact that if we can act humbly, we can take these things that would separate us and we would be uh, united. Jesus further instructs on that topic and he says, if somebody slaps you on the cheek, then to turn the other also. Um, in doing that, we'll, in living this world, it won't take long to realize that we're going to be slapped. You know, we're going to be, and not only will we be slapped, but we'll, we will be slapped by those who we care most about. And if we, if we can see it, we'll see that we slap those who we care about. And so, humility um, is absolutely necessary, A, to hear the gospel. It's absolutely necessary, B, to ask for forgiveness and then to give forgiveness. And so we have to be careful not to, um, to fight the Holy Spirit as it leads us in humility. Um, pride's opposite, the humility, is, is obviously going to bring unity. It's going to destroy that wall and instantly. It's not, it's not uh, when true humility rises and comes up, it, pride and the wall and, and all of its uh, infrastructure is immediately destroyed. Um, Christ, he calls a child specifically to teach his disciples. The child represents uh, the member of society who is completely forgotten and overlooked. In, uh, in regard to Jesus feeding the 5,000, many preachers have said that the number was more than likely actually 15,000. Why? Because it was customary in that time to overlook women and children. You know, so they were insignificant. They were the forgotten ones. Um, there was many times when children were trying to reach Jesus and the disciples were like, no, keep, keep them away. This is Jesus. Don't you understand how important he is? And, and, he, and he corrected them and said, you don't understand. You don't get it. The kingdom belongs to, to people like this. It belongs to people with chi to, uh, children and people with children like faith. And so he takes the insignificant child puts him on his lap, and it's evidence that, the, that humility destroys the separation that would normally be there. They shouldn't be interacting, but they are. And so this child is welcomed by the most important being, the most significant being in the universe. He's not only the chief of creation, but he's the creator. Amen. And, and he's welcomed. So he tells the wise disciples to learn from the simple and to learn and accept humility and be likened to Jesus. And so Jesus, he leads us by example. He takes the child in. He washes his disciples' feet. And he is willing to turn his, his cheek to the world of sin that's against him. And so we should in, be inspired to do the same. Amen. So humility, it's not only a, a path to the kingdom. Uh, for, for somebody to accept Christ, I really believe that there needs to be some kind of humility in there to just say, I'm a sinner. I, I've messed up my entire life and God, I need you. That statement requires a humble heart. But also, in the Christian walk, when you face those difficult times and you need, you need an answer, you need something to physically change, humility can be that key. 
Humility allows man to see their lack and their frailty and to accept the holy message of God. It is the meek that Jesus said in the Sermon on the Mount that will inherit the earth. It is the, it is the humble who most effectively serve God, provide service to Him. It is they who least will, are likely to ask for recognition or reward, but most likely to receive it from God. So humility is not reserved for a particular class or social status or economic level. The, through humility, the rich and the powerful can look up to God with thanks and know that what they have, their advantage, is temporary with humility. And with humility, the poor and the weak can rise above their circumstance and self-pity and thank God for what they have. So, um, the issue of pride, it can only be successful when we try to evaluate the world around us through the lens of the world and exclude God from it. In order for pride to succeed, we have to judge on human standards. Um, because when we compare ourselves to God, when we compare ourselves to Christ, we will see that there is no rich and powerful. But everybody is reduced to pauper. And so we ought to be like children, when Jesus says, dependent, content, unlearned, teachable, and creative. Dependent, like children, and children need parents. They can't survive without parents. They can't survive without a guardian who is constantly giving them food, constantly giving them protection, correction, prote protecting them from all the influences outside. They are weak, and we are adults, strong. We can provide for ourselves, but we need to choose to see ourselves that way before God as children, needing him, needing him to protect us and correct us. We need to come to that realization, like children, that the branch can do nothing apart from the vine. The Father, every single day, provides for wicked men. This, that sun comes up and it provides sunshine for the righteous and the unrighteous. He causes the rain to come on the righteous and the unrighteous. And just because you are an evil man does not mean you're not going to eat every day. And so he very graciously and very humbly is taking care of um, people who we would think he should not. And it's because he's humble. So Christ is reaching towards men with humility. Only let man's response be of equal greatness. We can learn from the newborn. There is one newborn who is raised in the slums. There is one newborn who is raised in silk. Both of them feed from their mother's breast. And the one in, in the slums doesn't look or aspire to be the one, like the one in the wealthy. The wealthy child doesn't look down on the child in rags. They're just both content where they are. Why? Because they're simple children. They don't understand, I'm better, you're worse. Money is power. They're children. And so Jesus says, reduce your mind to that level to where you're not looking down on people because of money and you're not looking up to people because of money, but be content with where you are. The spirit of content spoke utterance in the Garden of Gethsemane when Jesus said, but not my will be done, your will be done. Jesus himself was content with 
the will and the purpose that his Father had given him, and we should do the same. From Paul's voice, we learn that we ought to be unlearned. He says, in regard to evil, be infants. So we ought to be unlearned in malice and evil, except being simple compared to the world. I've been accused of being inexperienced because I don't know about certain sins that other people have partaken in. I'm sure you've experienced that same thing. But you should take that as a badge of honor. Continue to be unlearned in, in evil things. And know that God, your Heavenly Father, is proud of you. In the early years of life, um, children learn a surprising amount of information in such a short period of time. And for the rest of our lives, it's unmatched. We'll never learn at the pace that we did as children. And so we shouldn't outgrow this phase of life, but we should always remain like children, eager to drink the milk of the word that the Lord is providing. We should remain teachable to Him, available to Him. Um, the, the concept is, is also easy to understand, but difficult to carry out, and mostly difficult because of the condition of our adult hearts. Um, Jesus points to children, and one of the, the characteristics of children that I want to point out is the creativity. Um, Isaac and Levi, every day I come home, every single day, are either a fireman, a ninja, um, what else? A SWAT policeman. <laughs> um, and even some weirder ones than that. But they have this mind that allows them to go places that adults can't, where anything is possible. Anything is possible. David is facing Goliath, and, and he is a youth. And he is able to see what the mature men around him are unable to see. He is able to see that nothing is impossible for God. He is able to see that the Lord is willing to support, strongly support those who diligently seek him. And so, David's youth should be Goliath's advantage. But because he's a youth, he's able to creatively see the possibilities. He doesn't put God in a box. Um, <laughs> Isaac was down here in worship, and the music starts uh, singing, and he does what he calls dancing, which is kind of like, that and he's like why aren't you dancing you know there's music playing you should be dancing so a child isn't isn't restricted by the fear of man either you know so we we ought to to um, rise up by bringing our mind down and low and making it lowly the only one in the universe um, who is worthy to be prideful God is the one who um, avoids it and rejects it wholly. He, he has every right to be prideful, but he chooses not to be. His polar opposite, um, Satan, who is full of pride, he seeks to glorify the idea and the thought that man has no need for God. Some people say to take pride in your work and to compete to be the best. And I think that is a noble lesson to teach your child and that every person should teach your child to do that. Because competition, confidence, boldness, 
That is not the opposite of humility. Um, but they really must work together. But if you take this lesson on being the best and competing, you have to couple it with something else. You have to couple it with the lesson on identity. That just because we succeed or we're excellent, that we can't count our self-worth and our value in that. We can't wrap ourselves in that and then becoming prideful. And then when we fail, we can't say that that's permanent and that's who we are. So we can be bold, we can be competitive, we can strive to be excellent, but we have to couple it with removing our identity from our accomplishments. We're worthy to God, not because of what we do. We're worthy to God simply because He humbly made us that way. He made us to be like Him, to look like Him, to be like Him. He came and created the infrastructure for man to be able to reach God. We had no way to do it. And uh, there's no way that we can... Um, uh, res we, there's no way we can pridefully say we got to God. Amen. So He humbly makes us this way, stripping away our pride. We should, be, we should strive to be smart, successful, fair, and excellent for the sake of excellence, for the sake of God. And humility is a governor. It's a governor that, that helps us to see reality. Aside from all those things we do, we are nothing without God. So with success, we, don't, we shouldn't look down on, on others, but we should look up with thanks. And with failure, we shouldn't cling to it. But instead, we should ask God for help. Insecurity and a lack of confidence cannot be mistaken for humility. Or it'll stunt our growth as Christians, as, as human beings. Humility is not a shortcoming of personality. But it's a choice that only the strong can make. Humility is defined by a feeling of insignificance, inferiority, and subservience. The humble are not actually inferior to other men. It is a state of mind. It is a, it is a frame of mind. It's an attitude. And it helps us to serve God more effectively. I'm going to close with uh, this testimony. I had uh, um, unforgiveness, deep unforgiveness in my heart. Um, uh, and it was affecting me in a very, very negative way. And uh, one day, I was praying, trying to get rid of this grudge. And I say, I see Jesus on the cross. And I see him looking at soldiers. I see him looking at the, the people next to him, yelling insults at him. And I get this picture that God is, He is doing the, gr the greatest act of love that mankind has ever seen, will see. He's dying. And these, these fools, they don't get it. They're completely missing it. Jesus is getting no comfort from them where somebody could at least say, you're doing the right thing. Keep going. We believe in you. Thank you. He's getting none of that. He's getting mocking and, and, uh, and insult. But Jesus does that because he cares for him. 
because he loves them. Because that's who he is. He forgives them before they come and they ask for forgiveness. And so my thought in that moment when I was praying was, if Jesus can forgive his enemies, if Jesus can love and forgive those who are killing him, I can do the same. But it required humility. It required me to, to, to realize, hey, God is, is the king, and I'm just a, just a man. Who am I to hold a grudge when he's not? And I can tell you that instantly, all the hate, all the anger, all the rage, gone. After, after uh, months, Six months of praying, rebuking Satan, um, people praying for me. It didn't work, but it required me to humbly change my mindset. It was, it was there the whole time, and it didn't require six months. It didn't, I didn't need to wait six months. The, the Israelites didn't need to be in the wilderness for 40 years. But this core key concept, this key to the kingdom, was not something that either I was willing to accept or something that I was willing to see was affecting me. So I wanted to share that with you. Heavenly Father, we thank you, God, that you uh, lead us humbly, Father. We thank you, Jesus, for delicately dealing with us, Father God, how you... um, You take us under your wing, Father God, and protect us. God, I pray today that uh, faith, an existing faith, would go to a new level. God, I pray today that one who didn't have faith would take on faith, that they would believe in you, Jesus. God, I pray, Father, that this key, this this key of humility, this, this gift of the Holy Spirit, that the people of Faith Christian Church, Father God, would take it and they would unlock the doors in their life that have been slammed shut. I pray, Father, that we would all take hope knowing, Father God, that whenever you speak, whenever you get up, motion your hand in our direction, nothing can resist it. There's nothing Satan or the world or we can do to stop your decree. And so, God, all we ask this day is Help us to just get out of your way. Help us, Father God, to let you move. Cause our faith to be real and of quality. Cause our humility to be sincere and authentic. Not to be humble Christians with word only, but in heart and in mind, Father. Help me today because you see my pride, Father. Help us, Lord Jesus, to come to you with true repentance, Lord. Because you are so worth that at least for us to be honest with you. In your name we pray. Amen.